Let's continue on in our sermon series. Invisible God, Invisible Hands. Esther chapter 5. Our text can be found in Esther chapter 5. God's providence. What do we mean when we say God's providence? I'd like to briefly explain the meaning of our title. This is a theological term. When we speak of God's providence, it means that it is God using His holiness, His wisdom, power to protect everything He has created and to rule over all their actions. John chapter 5 verse 15, 17. In John 5, 17. Uh, it says there, my father is always at work to this very day, and I am working. I too am working. Uh, he's saying that God is, is working and is continually working. But the Bible tells us when God created this world, God rested. He will not create new things. Because in Genesis 2, verse 2, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. So God is not creating anything new anymore. So what, does, what did Jesus meant when he said that God is continually working even until today? What are the things God is doing? It's uh, doing things for us. The work of providence. The work, the work of providence. He's taking care of all the things that he had created. God's providence and God's protection reaches uh, every part of this world. And it's upon every person that is in this world. It includes everything that we are doing. So that's why in the Bible, there is no such thing as a coincidence. So everything is under God's control. Nothing happens without God's control. Everything is in God's hands. For us, some of God's providence may be an accident, but it is preordained by God. As you walk by the street, suddenly a stone or a rock fell and it hit you. Or a, a bird uh, happened to fly by and it dropped its droppings upon you. Or suddenly you had a fire in your house. For us, these are accidents. That this young day, like, no, it's not an evil, not accident. But in God's hands, these are not accidents. Because these are all under God's control and these are all preordained by God. So I often would converse with my three children and I would say to them, Please refrain from using the word lucky or Coincidence. Of course, we like to use the word uh, lucky. But in the life of a Christian, there's no such thing as luck. Because everything is under God's control. Let me show you an example. In 1 Kings uh, 22 verse 34, but someone drew his bow at random and hit the king of Israel between the sections of his armor. What, uh, what is this event? This is a story that's found in the Bible. One time, this uh, king Ahab of Israel, he, had, uh, he, had, he was in the battle with, uh, with uh, Arab. Arab. 
Ahab was very afraid of death. So he took off the king's clothes. So he put on an, uh, the, the, soldier, uh, the armor and the dress of an ordinary soldier. The king of Aaron said, This time when we go into battle, we are only targeting one person. It's King Ahab. The other, uh, the other people, uh, when you, whenever you see King Ahab, go after him. You don't have to mine all the other people. So we only have one objective, one goal, and one focus in our battle. King Ahab. King Ahab. So King Ahab knew about this and he was so afraid. That's why he took off his king's vestment and he put on a disguise. And he disguised himself as an ordinary soldier. So in the midst of the battle, they couldn't find him. But the Bible tells us, there's this someone at random uh, pulled his ball bow and uh, sh- shot his arrow in God's preordination and that arrow was guided by God and it hit King Ahab and it specified there and it shot into the gap into the sections between these armors of course he died because it was God's uh, preordained decision that King Ahab would die in that battle this is not the work of man this is God's work this, this is part of God's providence to help Israel in, uh, in uh, Esther chapter uh, 1, five, five, and six. 5 and 6, the main focus there is God's providence. The invisible God whom we cannot see. And using His invisible hands, He protect the people of Israel. These two chapters talks about four things. Talks about a banquet, a pole, sleepless night and one misunderstanding. These four events it's part of God's providence. It became the turning point as Israel was facing annihilation. Today we will look at chapter 5. We will talk about a banquet and a poll. Next week, Part 2 of, of our sermon topic, we will be talking about a sleepless night and a misunderstanding. It's to show us the amazingness of God's providence and work in our lives. In chapter 5, the first eight verses talks about this banquet. From verses 9 to 14, this pole that was being erected. Let's look at first part. The first eight verses talks about a banquet. Look at chapter 5, verse 1. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall facing the entrance. In chapter 4, it talks about Esther uh, fasting for three days and three nights. We know that when we talk about fasting, it represents a prayer. So after three days, so after three days prayer room, she walked out from the room where she was praying and stood before the king. Please remember. From prayer room up to the throne. From the prayer room, she went to the throne. Without prayer, she dare not stood before the throne room. There are two possibilities that might happen afterwards. Number one. Number one. The king will be angry. Because without, without a king's permission, she stood before the king. Remember the first queen? 
she was summoned by the king, but she refused to come to the king. So the king got angry. She was banished. Right now, the king is not summoning Esther. So it's the same situation. If the king becomes angry, she too will be banished. And there's a second possibility. When the king sees Esther, if, she, if he extends his royal scepter, then her sins will be forgiven. So there are only two situations. What will happen? In chapter 9, verse 2, when he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out to her the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. We thank God. When the king saw Queen Esther, he was not angry. And in fact, he extended his golden scepter to the queen. It, it, uh, it's, it represents his forgiveness. You can come before me and speak. The Bible Put it very simply. You should not forget one thing. This was the result of the three days and nights of fasting and prayer by by Esther and the people of Israel. Let me ask you this question. The past three days and nights, what were the things that the people of Israel was praying for? What was Esther praying for? It's very simple. If I was a Jew, what would be I, would I be Lord, please help our queen. Only she can help us. She arrived before the king uh, in peace and, 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 and security. But she can lay down before the king our problem. What about Esther? Her simplest prayer. Lord, please have mercy on me. That I will find grace in front of the king. That he would extend his golden scepter to me. I may be given a chance to present our case before the king. And the result was, the Bible tells us, he was pleased with her. The king was pleased with her. It's very simple. But in the original text, the phrase the king was pleased with her in the original text means to look with favor. She, he was delighted with her. So the king was there on the throne and saw the queen standing before him. She, he, she was a summon. She was there. Just like you're doing your work in office, you're very busy. And your wife opens the door and she stood before you. What would you do? What are you doing here? Are you here to bother me? Honey, are you coming? Or honey, why are you here? Why are you so when the king saw Queen Esther, she delighted with her. Delighted with her. Let me ask you this question. There are people whom you, when you see them, you are happy with them. But there are people when you look at them, you, you feel angry. Are there such cases? Of course, there are such cases. But there are people when you look at them, you find joy, you find happiness. Let me tell you. Uh, when we talk, when we like to, we like to remember our late uh, uh, elder uh, uh, Pedro. Uh, Pedro. Just like our late sister Glory. Whenever I see them, I delight in them. I'm sure I'm just I'm not the only one seeing them uh, and, and finding delight in them. I'm sure a lot of people share the same experience. So you understand what I'm trying to say. Here. There are certain people whose lives would truly bring delight to you. But there are people when you see you, you see them, you, you feel disgust and you feel anger. 
，你想看没 ？Think about this。你的生命人看到就欢喜，还是你的生命人看到就是欢喜呢 ？What kind of reaction will will your life elicit from other people？ 所以就帮助那里。So may the Lord help us。这是你的生命的问题。This is the a matter of how you live your life。但是我这个更加重要的原因。But there's a more important reason here。圣经好难这个真重要的真理。The Bible is telling us a very important truth。当这个人在上帝目中蒙恩的时阵。When a person finds favor。By、uh, in front of the Lord, and that person would naturally find favor in other men. So, in your whole life, you are not seeking the favor of men. Let me guarantee you cannot completely、uh, satisfy everyone. As I became a pastor. I knew about this. When I first started out, I had this desire. I want that when I'm serving in a church, I like to please everyone. So that when everyone sees me, they will be pleased with me. So after five years of service, and I found out and I knew that this was impossible. Because if you truly seek to please God, you will not. Be able to please everyone. So we have to change our perspective. Instead, you seek to please God. If you are blessed by the Lord or find favor before the Lord, those who belong to the Lord will favor you. Let me show you an example. This is Joseph. Just like the life of Joseph. Joseph found in the book of Genesis is a clear example of this. When he was 17, he was sold as a slave by his brother to Egypt. He was a slave in the house of household of Potiphar. Look at Genesis 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. He lived in the house of his Egyptian master. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord favors Joseph. So what was the result? Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he trusted. He entrusted to his care everything he owned. Joseph found favor in Potiphar's eyes. When God is with you, God allowed、uh, Joseph to find favor in other men. Because he was so good. And he was falsely accused by his, his master's wife. That's why he was in prison. Look at verse twenty-one. The Lord was with him, and he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Repeat again. The same situation repeated itself. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And he was well loved inside the prison. Favor in the eyes of the prison. And he found favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And he was promoted once more inside the prison. But that's not the end. So when we stood before Pharaoh, explained the dream of Pharaoh to him. Once more, he found favor before Pharaoh. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Imagine, just imagine. This is a person who was a former prisoner. That is why I became prime minister. Became the prime minister of Egypt. This is something that you have never seen in this world. And there's only one reason. Because the Lord was with him. And he found favor in the eyes of men. Queen Esther, the Lord was with Queen Esther. So Queen Esther, the one who found favor, that's why she found favor before the king. This is the time during that time. She was able to present her case. Then verse three. Then the king asked, "What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to the half of the kingdom, it will be given you." This king was not a simple man. Of course, the king was not somebody who is dumb. On his mode of suffering, we hear the chair. And the queen risked her life to come before him. There must be a reason. What is your request? 
嘅接驳，我就好啲。Even up to half of the kingdom, I will give it. 点唔知真啦。Of course, this is merely a figure of speech. Nobody dared to ask half of the kingdom. It was his way of saying, "Whatever it is that you ask for, I will give it to you." If you were Queen Esther, you probably would immediately present your case. King, please reverse this order set by this evil person, Haman. Because I am a Jew. Because I am a Jew. Because I am a Jew. And I too will die. But what we find is strange. Esther did not immediately present her case. 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 What did she request for? Come to my place. I have prepared a banquet for him and for you. Please come with Haman. Why is it that Esther made this request? I believe this is where we find the intelligence of Esther. During that time, the most uh, well uh, beloved servant of the king was uh, was Haman. And Esther was the most beloved queen uh, or woman of of the king. So you know, so she he, she needs to know whether the king would favor her more than his servant. Haman. I believe Esther Kaki Mohanjo percent sure. Esther herself was not hundred percent sure of what the answer may be. So she asked for the king, she requested for the king and Haman to come before her. So in the midst of that banquet. She wanted to observe. Uh, the, the situation there. She wanted to find the perfect opportunity. So during the banquet, as they were drinking a wine, the king again asked Esther, Now, what is your petition? It will be given you, and what is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. This was the second occasion. The second time the king said to her, What is your petition? Even half of the kingdom, I will give you. And slowly, the, the uh, Queen Esther was, was pulling the king towards her side. And the king is, is not aware of it, but she was, uh, he was slowly putting, uh, being under the influence of Esther. Look at verse 7. Esther replied, My petition and my request is this. If the king regards me with favor, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet. I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question. He go on, ah, I see that you have a king. I truly have a request. Tansy, what? I will tell it to you tomorrow. Because I want you to come to me once more tomorrow. And to bring Haman with you. Because we too will have another banquet tomorrow. And tomorrow I shall reveal to you my request. The king was totally enticed by her. If I find it strange, and probably you'd find it strange, why is it that she did not immediately present her case? Because if the situation is there, you want to solve it and resolve it immediately. Why is it that she was delaying it for another day? Isn't it better if we resolve a situation immediately? Just like us. Because we love to do things quickly. We want to resolve things immediately. But tomorrow. Why do we need to wait till tomorrow? But you don't understand. And I'm sure the king, queen doesn't even know. Because. Because in between the two banquets, something happened. That is the message next week. Because after this situation, this event that took place, this was the 
the elevation or, or uh, the elevation of of, of Mordecai completely changed the complexion of the whole situation. And I'm pretty sure that Esther did not foresee this. She did not know that before the second banquet, the situation would change a lot. So there's only one explanation. Through the leading of the Spirit, the Lord has allowed, has led Esther to, into making that decision. She was waiting for a golden opportunity. Because she found that the timing is not right. Appointment, divine appointment. Let me share with your testimony. When I first started out as a missionary, as a pastor, one day, during, in the midst of a, a worship service, after I preached, somebody approached me and spoke to me. Said, Pastor, uh, Mr. So and so, Ms. So and so is in the hospital. So after worship service, during that time I was still single. So I was by myself in the room. I had nothing to do. I was just resting in my room. Suddenly, I, I had this, uh, I had this feeling. Go to the hospital and, and visit that person. You have to go there and visit. Them. Physically, I did not feel like going. It was just, I just finished my sermon. I, I'm presenting my sermon and it's just that I finished the Sunday worship. And I wanted to rest. I felt moved by the Spirit to visit that person. So I had no choice. So I went to Chinese General Hospital to visit that person. When I opened the door, both of them were fully dressed and, and seated there. I said, Pastor Chung, you're here. I felt that, I, and I said, I, I heard that you're not feeling well. I'm well now. What are you waiting for? I'm waiting for my son to pick me up. Because uh, he had something to do and he couldn't come immediately. I said, no problem. I can bring you home. And the, the case was, I was being sent by the Lord to bring them home. So I was the one who brought them home. So the next week when they met me, so do you, you know what they call me? They did not call me Pastor Chung. And they called me Angel Chung. You're my angel. You know? Because if you had not come, we have no idea how long we would have to wait there. A lot of times we find situations to be amazing. Sometimes the Lord will move us to do certain things. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And you would find out afterwards, so that was the reason. Of course, you can reject the leading of the Spirit. But you will be, be missing an opportunity to be led by Spirit to do something amazing. That is God's providence working in our midst. Second thing, there's this Paul. In the book of Esther, there are two falling down. From a very high position, you fall down. Two sisters. The first, the first queen, Vashti. How she fell from grace. The second, the wife of Haman. How she fell from her high position. Let me look, um, let me show you the first. Queen Vashti's downfall. 
Esther chapter one, Kong Kong Jie, Ong Hyo, Mobet Chou Lai Gan Si. Esther chapter one shows us that Queen Vasti refused to appear before the king. Because the king wanted her to present her beauty before the king. She, refu- she refused. I have already explained. From human's eyes. During that time, they found that she was disobedient. But if you are to use today's ethics uh, standard, if she refused to stand before you or appear before you, she has her reason. We need to respect that reason. Because uh, the, the wife is not an object. She's not there for display. Please remember, many thousands of years ago, your ethics, your moral standard is totally different. So she needed to come out. But you can explain it from another uh, uh, from another perspective. But because of, uh, she refused to obey and submit, she caused her husband to lose face. Your wife. Always learn to respect your husband. Let me tell you. It's bother- men are bothersome. Men are cruelly weak inside. And men love to retain their face or to gain face. If you embarrass your husband before other people, he will find it difficult to love you. Your wives. When you see your husband speaking foolishly in front of other people, do not correct them right there and then. Don't say to the people, don't listen to him, he's talking foolishly. You would cause him embarrassment. He might not express it verbally, but in his heart he'll he'll be very angry. Because he he will feel disrespected. So you say you cannot speak like that. It's not that he cannot speak like that. Do the right thing in the right time. But you have to you have to speak the right thing at the right time. During uh, that situation, it's not the right time for you to reprimand your husband. That's the time you need to pray for your husband. A wise wife knows to protect her husband's reputation. A wife who is proud of her wisdom does not accept defeat to her husband. Vashti refused to stand before the king because she refused to be defeated by the king. Why do you? Why do I have to submit no. to you when you want me to stand before you? No. Of course not. I'm not less than you. So she was deposed. The name Vashti means beauty. It's most probably that she was truly beautiful. Because of her beauty, she was very proud. So may the Lord help us. The more attractive you are, the more humble you should be. And the more humble you become, the more attractive you will be. The Bible tells us, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. But everything happens under God's control. Even God's, uh, even man's pride and man's destructive ways can be used by God to fulfill God's work and to fulfill God's plans. But there's a second downfall. The wife of Haman. After being invited to uh, the banquet of the king, of the queen, he found himself to be so overjoyed because he found that he was glorified. You know, all the, out of all the people in the kingdom, I am the only one invited. So as he departed, 
the palace. And he saw Mordecai seated there. And he still sat there and he refused to stand up. And he refused to bow down before him. And he was filled with rage. And you see his emotions? From being overjoyed to becoming filled with rage. It's like he, it was like a going through a roller coaster. From high to low, back to high. So when he got home, the first thing he said, he called his wife. And he called all his friends. You know what he did? And he, he called a meeting. He called a meeting for his own glory. He wanted to praise himself. Haman is a very emotional person. When he's happy, he's very happy. When he's angry, he's very angry. At first, he was very, very angry. He called all his friends. And he showed off all his personal glory. Look at chapter 5, verse 11. Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth, his many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him, and how he was elevated, how he had elevated him above the other nobles and officials. And that's not all. Haman added, I am the only one person Queen Esther invited to accompany the king to the banquet she gave, and she has invited me along with the king tomorrow. In this very first thing that he did, he stood before all men. He praised himself and he showed off his own glory, how much wealth he had. To use it in today's terms, how much money I have in the bank, and how many diamonds I own, how many properties I have, how many cars I own, how many Rolex and, and uh, precious watches I own. You know, he had 10 sons and he wanted to show off his sons. He put on display everything that he had. And he was so much like the king. No, no wonder the king loved him. Because they are birds of the same family. So lastly he said, I am invited by the, uh, by the queen. Tomorrow, there's another occasion there. There's nobody in this whole world as glorious as I am. But if you're Haman's wife, when your husband calls for a meeting, from the beginning until the end, it's, he's just praising himself. It's elevating himself, saying how good and how brilliant he is. Let me ask you, what is your reaction? What kind of reaction should you have? Of course, we find it not good for when we see somebody praising himself. I don't know if you will ask his wife how your reaction would be. But the Bible is uh, silent about it. So she, he continued on saying, after being happy, he wanted to show his, the side that he's unpleased with. Good, verse 13. But all these gave me, gives me no satisfaction as long as I see this Jew Mordecai sitting at the king's gate. I saw Mordecai. And I find that all my glory is for naught. If you're his wife, how would you comfort him? For example, after uh, coming home from worship service, your husband said to you, Today's worship service is so good. The songs sang and led by the worship team made me excited. And the, and the uh, pastor uh, preached a very good sermon. And I find joy in, in observing the Lord's communion. But after worship, but after worship, I, I came out of the worship hall and I met this person who's not good. And all my joys, all my happiness just evaporated. If you're his wife, what would you say? You probably would say, 
don't mind him. Let's look at him as if he's transparent. He's an evil person. Let's just yes. ignore him. If you say that, probably your husband will say, you're a good wife. Or probably will say to him, God had already forgiven us our sins. How come you find it hard to forgive others? If you say that, you probably say this wife is not so good because she doesn't know how to comfort me. I don't know which choice you would choose. You know what her wife, what his wife chose? In um, verse 14, his wife Zeres and all his friends said to him, have a pole set up reaching the height of 50 cubits and ask the, and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled on it. Then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself. This suggestion delighted him and, and he had the pole set up. The wife said, Don't worry about this. Put on a 50 cubits, that's about 23 feet pole. It's about five to six level, the height of a five to six level building. And hang Mordecai on, on that pole. So everyone can see and will see Mordecai hanging there. See that, you, you'll be happy. And to put it in today's terms, you don't want to see him? Don't worry. I'll have somebody kill him tomorrow. So in the, in the future, after worship service, you, you will not see him anymore. In human's perspective, you probably would say, uh, Queen Sarah, uh, the wife Sarah is a good wife. She truly became the helper of her husband. When she saw that her husband had an enemy, she stood by the side of her husband. And even she stood before her husband. You hurt my husband. You will die. Let me tell you, a lot of wives are like that. Because they want to do things for their husband. I'm sorry to tell you. But I'm sorry to tell you. That kind of a husband or that kind of a wife will not bring good results. You know why? Because that was not a purpose why God created our wives. It's not good for the man to be alone. The Bible tells us that it's not good for man to be alone. Because suitable for him. God created our wives to be a suitable helper. For us, a good wife is a good helper of her husband to help the husband fulfill God's will. It's not to cause your husband to advance in his depravity and evilness. In the, in the Bible, this is, there's this very good example. I don't know if you know this story. The story about Naboth's vineyard. And it has something to do with King Ahab. King Ahab wanted to own the property that was beside uh, the, the palace. That's the neighbor's vineyard. Because it was right beside the palace. And he wanted that land. Probably he had, he had expansion plans. But Ahab did not want to get it by force. He called Naboth. So, let's do an exchange. I'll give you a better vineyard. Forgive me your current vineyard. If you don't want, I'll give you money. So, that's a very good proposal. Because he's the king. He did not force his way. And he wanted to buy that property. Or, or probably exchange it in another plot of land. But Naboth was not a very good uh, was not very good in negotiating. And she no, and no, no. And, she, and he insisted in saying no. There's only one reason. The king. Sorry. 
这个是咱的祖宗的产业啊。This is my ancestral land. 唔是我家己买啊。It's not something that I bought for myself. 眼光好，老辈老辈好乖啊。It's been passed on to us in in our family through the generations. 这个唔会买啊。We cannot sell this. 所以咁做啊。How do you, what do you do? 先讲先先用先用真特别嘅嚟嚟解释哦。And the Bible explained it in a very unique way. 呢个王啊 ，this king， 心情无好啊。He was very dismayed. 都记出来啊。When he went back home， 冇俾食饭啊。He refused to eat. 倒喺床里面啊。He just lay there on his bed. 冇俾跨人啊。And he did not want to meet with other people. 跟住啲健奶。Just like a child pouting. 跟住健奶啲屋等我谂错撇。Just like a child who was bullied at school, who went home and pouted. You see, this is too too crazy. And see how her his wife acted. Yeah, his wife is called Yeah Shui Bian. And his wife is Jezebel. She saw her husband. And she knew that her husband had a problem. She voluntarily came to to comfort him. Honey, honey. 什么代志啊 ？What's the matter？ 今日冇俾食饭啊 ？Why do you refuse to eat？ 想门对同我讲。What is your problem？ 我帮衬你。I will help you。哦，你个太太好不 ？So you see, is she good？ 你系从我 office 到嚟 ？Your husband just came from the office。我欢喜。He's I'm happy。安慰伊不 ？Do you comfort him？ 冇啊。No。个老臭面啊！你讲哪里啊 ？Why are you so downcast and you you scold him？ 呢度是啊，你到底做咩呢？ And you, and you say if you if you're like that, don't come home. But she's not like that. Honey, honey, what's your problem? Let me uh, share it with me. Allow me to help you. So King Ahab shared with Jezebel his problem. So after sharing, honey, don't be sad. Did you forget that you're the king? You are the king. You don't have to worry about this. Stand up, cheer up, go and eat. I'll take care of this. I will resolve everything for you. So the king sat up and ate. So is that a good wife? You'd probably say she's a good wife. My wife had never comforted me that way. So after that, you know how how devious the king was. She wrote a letter. And she said she sent the letter to the elders around Nabal. You call Pilang like accuse. And she she called these untruthful people to accuse him falsely. And that he had blasphemed the name of the Lord. That he need to be stoned to death. You know what she did? If she had just sent out assassins to assassinate him, after he dies, the the vineyard will remain will remain with his family and not with the king. Because he has sons. So after he dies, then it will be passed on to his sons. But she used another method. This king. He blasphemed the name of the Lord. And he needs to be he needed to be stoned to death. Because of his sins. All the properties will be seized and confiscated and be given to the king. So that's truly what happened. became the king's property. Is that a good wife? And you probably say she's a good wife. Husband. Is that a good wife for you? Probably in humans' eyes, then she's a good wife. But it caused the king to be even more evil and become more depraved. That's why they they were penalized and because of their situation. Haman's wife said to Haman, "Don't worry. Put up a pole of twenty-three feet." But she did not imagine. In chapter six, this because because in chapter six, it'll show us that it was not Mordecai who was hanged there. Instead, it was her husband Haman. This was not something that she foresaw. 
uh, she did not foresee that this was part of God's providence. God's providence is with each person in this world. So dear church, we should not have a desire to harm other people. Because if you have this desire in your heart to harm other people, God will find ways and will, 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 will make a plan to reverse this situation and that harm will come upon you. So may the Lord help you. Your whole life. Do not, do not have an evil heart that desires to harm other people. Because the end result, the consequences will be very bad. Beside us, around us, there are a lot of things that are happening. And we try to comprehend it with our own intelligence and wisdom, and we can't. But instead, we should. By faith, trust in the Lord that always protects us. Just like today, as we observe the Lord's communion, our, the Lord sent His only Son to die on the cross for us. It's for our sins. Haman died there and he was hanged there on the pole because of his own sins. And all of these happened under God's providence. This is not a coincidence. So may the Lord help us. As things happen around us, by faith we meet these challenges. Let's not blame other people or blame the church for being unkind to you or, or blame our family members for being unloyal to us. Trust in God and His work. You will see God's glory. May the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Dear God, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful reminder that your providence works in us and works around us in, in the life of every person, Lord. None of us are exempted from this. And everything that happens in our lives is in your hands, is in your control, Lord. Help us not to look at things that are bad with despair and not, help us not to be too overjoyed with things that we think we did it for ourselves. But instead, we need to trust you and give back all the glory to you because we know everything works because of you and everything works for a reason, for your glory, Lord. Help us to trust you. Help us to submit to you. Help us to live a life that honors and glorifies you, Lord. This is our prayer with thanksgiving in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.